This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Good day, everybody out there in the disaster diva landscape. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Gershiola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And today, we are continuing to sort of hit the reset button a bit after the blockbuster month that was, you know, Kongzillathon. And today we are discussing yet another sort of a, you know, made-for-TV caliber feature. This one's called Maneater, starring yeah. Gary Busey and a tiger. I'll let you decide who's the man-eater in that pairing. Well, we know who could have been the scenery chewer, but he wasn't. <laughs> but he wasn't. It was where but he yeah. wasn't. Like To just jump right to it, because I think that Gary Busey and a man-eating tiger really gives you all the synopsis you need about this film. Yeah, really. Like, it, it's a town in the Appalachians. He's a he's a sheriff, and there's a man-eating tiger loose. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. One of the most restrained performances I've ever seen from Gary Busey. Truly. It, we're not getting a full Busey. No, we, it's not even movie. a quarter Busey. This is, no, it's Gary Busey's crazier in a 60-second commercial yeah. than he is in this movie. This was, you know, it was like when you um, kind of like, this was like a microdose of Busey. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's there was fair. like one scene where we really got some good Buseyness, But otherwise, you would not know that he was acting opposite a tiger for most of this film. I was really, I was really taken aback by how much tiger there was in this. Yeah. Like, it was always, it wasn't ever, like, really in the frame with people, of course not. But, like, I don't know if this is just, like, stock footage that they looped in, but I was like, there's really a fucking tiger here. Like, this production, I think, maybe got a tiger, which, considering the nature of it, seemed quite surprising. I fully, having watched Tiger King... I oh, was sure. not surprised to see that there was a full-ass tiger that they probably just carted up. I was going to say, is it just a little too easy to get a tiger? I feel is like it's a lot easier to get a tiger than one might expect it is to get a tiger. I mean, yeah, okay. again, Tiger King, like, the dude, Britney, didn't Britney, wasn't he linked to Britney Spears, one of her performances, because... Oh, she, yeah. yeah. Did he provide something for... I think he provided... Like, he's provided the, like, performances um, for her... Slave for You performance, I think, where she carried yeah. the python. yeah. So I just feel like it's probably a lot easier than we would think to get a tiger if you know the yeah. right people to Oof. ask. And That's I'm sure true. Gary Busey has a tiger guy. Right. Like there, I, I feel like if you're in the made-for-TV disaster space, you're the exact kind of person that if you're not like a super A-list, like if you're not like a J.J. Abrams guy making movies, you kind of are somebody who has a tiger guy because you know how to cut corners. Yeah. Like you, you know the people to call. It was 100% less expensive to just call his tiger guy than it was ever going to be to CGI a tiger or even put a man in a tiger suit. A, a guy in a tiger suit would have actually really fit this movie very well. I think that would have been a, a better direction to have taken this. I would have really enjoyed that actually. Having, I, having just watched, I just watched Bad Trip, which, as a spoiler alert, has a man in a gorilla costume at one point pretending to be it. a gorilla. Is that the Eric Andre mm -hmm. Netflix? Yeah. I don't know if I can put myself through the intense kind of comedy that that movie looks like it is. It is. The particularly, like, confrontational humiliation comedy. That's, oh, yeah. Oof. It's not, 
And in this particular scene, you're not going to, I think, get much joy out of the usage of the man in the gorilla costume. Oof. Like, I'm, I, I'm not saying it is jackass, but like the, the, the comedy of here are, albeit effective and um, very admirable for the commitment of the performers. I can't personally like stomach the watching bystanders react to situation yeah. that is really happening in front of them thing. That I just like, I want to, it just makes me want to curl up and die. Yeah. Well, so definitely don't recommend, like there's a couple of moments that I would maybe recommend, but for the most part you can skip it. Um, But the point being that, yeah, so that movie has a man in a gorilla costume pretending to be a gorilla. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the level of realism this movie could have used to Uh really go full bore into just, this is absolutely bananas. I mean, considering basically... The safari hunter from Jumanji is in this fucking movie. Like, a character imported straight from Elephant Walk shows up <laughs> to, I, like, hunt, to pitch a can a khaki tent in the tall grass of this Appalachian town and say folksy colonizer things about tiger hunting in India. It was so... That was so fucking crazy. <laughs> it was so insane. That was, man talking to Gary Busey was surreal. It was such a great turn because the movie goes from being I, the movie goes from being like kind of boring, like yeah, to like pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's a very straightforward movie. It's super straightforward. Just like Manny, this is exactly the movie you think it's going to be, and then all of a sudden. Like a mirage on a horizon, there's suddenly Absolutely. across this open field, this one of those expedition khaki tents. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking with classical music playing from a a gramophone. A gramophone. Thank you. A remember. fucking gramophone. And then this man whose name is James Livingston Graham. Cord- Colonel, Colonel James Livingston Graham. Colonel James Livingston. And he showed up. And he not only colonized this movie, he colonized my heart, Jordan. I, I mean, he has the waxed mustache. He wears the fucking safari hat. Mm-hmm. He has like a double-barreled elephant rifle. <laughs> he is fully like straight out of the 1920s. The like, I have tea in Bombay while Indian slaves fan me, yeah, and I call it like my home country, even though I'm super colonizer member of the like Royal Navy. It was so crazy, and yeah. he's in this like a third of the movie, and just keep like at one point he's talking about American military guys, and like a bunch of them get fucking killed by the tiger, and he's like. Oh, they exposed themselves to danger when they got out of their lorry. It's like, is this a lorry? <laughs> it was this, a lorry. Is this even like? I'm not saying that a, a. I'm not saying a British person wouldn't say lorry. Like just because they're in the states, like you can say lorry if it's appropriate. Is a giant military vehicle a lorry? Is that word so blanket applicable as to be used in that context? I think I think it should be because I think that's a great way to take the piss out of military people. Oh my god! Oh, oh look, you just put up in your little lorry. In your lorry. In your lorry. It was so. It was it, like he it, came out of the Jumanji board. It, that is and 100%. into this movie. Yeah, in my notes, I have. It's like they found this guy walking on set 
and realized that he would be more entertaining. Nothing about him feels at all connected to this world. There's no real explanation. Like, basically, the way that he finds out about this town is because it gets reported on the news. And he just, like, hops on a plane, shows up with all his stuff, and decides he's going to kill the tiger. And then, like, from the moment he shows up on, the amount of Busey decreases. Yeah. And we just start getting long scenes with this guy. And again, it's, it is so much better for it. And it is just like, I wish the entire movie had been like his. Yeah. Like, I wish the entire movie had existed in a, in a simpatico sense with what that, the insanity of what that character was, because it would have been a wild ride in that case. But like, for the most part, it's a, it's a pretty uneventful movie. Yeah. It and is, I, I mean, again, Jordan, just to, to point this out just once more, it's weird when the most grounded actor and character in your whole movie is Gary Busey. It's Gary Busey. Like, that's a weird statement to make about any film. And in this Like, one, I understand that Gary Busey is like an Academy Award nominated actor. That is true. This is not from that time in Gary Busey's career when that was true. Yeah, this came out in like 2017. Yeah, this is, this is from the sort of like Gary Busey as performance art era of Gary Busey. Yeah. This would be I like I do yeah. I was so I felt I felt a bit I felt like it was a bit of a bait and switch but only like not in a in an objective sense but for me personally because I so enjoyed the beginning of this movie. Um we open on a jogger in the woods and then her annoying boyfriend runs up behind her and like spooks her by like poking her in the ribs and doing like an ah and she's like oh Lambert or whatever yeah, his name is. That I think was it's his Lambert. name which is not a name. Yeah, oh Lambert and like they're 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 joshing and she doesn't look particularly like amused by the trick and like in a way that's like oh he does this a lot then he like goes off running ahead of her or something and he disappears and then she can't find him and we see that he's waiting off in the trees to prank her again and i was like okay the serial prankster needs to die this is absolutely fucking ridiculous your girlfriend does not like this yeah you probably do this constantly you're so annoying so when he immediately gets eaten by the tiger i was thrilled i, I was thrilled to see lambert go what so kind of fast. what kind of sociopath is like you know what i'm gonna do repeatedly startle my girlfriend who is running in the woods with headphones seemingly in. alone yeah seemingly alone like that was the least ble- the least believable part of this entire movie to me was that a woman would ever run through a wooded trail with headphones in I was, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I don't believe that for a fucking second. Country people would. If she presumably lives in this town, country people would because they know the woods like the back of their hands. But like, then it, like, it gets weird. It gets weird pretty much immediately because she goes to like report him missing. Yeah. And she's at the, she's at like the sheriff's office and she's like, I haven't seen Lambert. I can't find Lambert. He has to be on time. He has to be on schedule. His schedule is the most important. And I was like, we have an abused woman on our hands. We have a woman who has been in a held emotionally, possibly physically hostage in a relationship where her boyfriend is constantly berating her for not working on his schedule. I was like, what the? fuck is this whole interaction and i think it thinks it's a comedic moment when it's really just extremely strange because the the deputy is like oh when was the last time you saw him and she was like 8 a.m and the woman's like it's been four hours i was like am i supposed to be laughing at this it was it was super weird and also it didn't make sense that she that was what she would hype harp on because it's not as if she couldn't say i was in the woods with him he disappeared yep he didn't come home to meet me. None of this is in the plan. Like, it's not as if she was supposed to meet him somewhere and then all of a sudden the time, like, she can say he disappeared in the woods. I'm worried he's injured. That's 
Because he fully did. Like, they yeah. were in the woods together. Yeah. And then he was gone. And that does seem like a reasonable thing to be concerned about, less so than his schedule. <laughs> and also, I, just wanted, I feel like everybody in that town knows him, too. Nobody wanted, yeah. nobody cared about Lambert. They, they, they were doing their jobs, going to look for him. Nobody cared about Lambert. They all wanted they, they didn't want Yeah, they might have been like, yeah, it's fine. His name is Lambert. No <laughs> one valuable Lambert. Name Lambert. Yeah, his Lambert. family has a vacation I, yeah. home here. He, they're a bunch of dicks. And Lambert, I still can't believe, like, as a writer, one of the hardest things to do is names, and I get that, but <laughs> and not, once, that. not once have I ever been like, well, you know what is a first name? Lambert. <laughs> Lam- Lambert. Like, I, wish it, we, I it, feel like they said his disaster. last name at one point, and I don't remember what it was. It was probably, like, some, it was probably Lambert Michael or something. Like, <laughs> it's just, what a weird fucking, Lambert Adam. <laughs> La- Lambert Adam. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like it's like the episode we did recently with uh, Clark uh, Claire Madison. <laughs> Claire Madison, man, <laughs> who we liked. The only good, the only person worth saving in that whole town. Yeah. Well, you got your wish, Amanda. She was the only one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, and also we, you know, this movie opens up. It is initially right after the the scene in the woods. We're supposed to get like the feel of like the flavor of this town by we're on Gary Busey and his deputy. And they arrive in, like, the, the t- middle of town, the middle of, the, like, town square. And there's a woman who is just completely miffed that another – she's an older gal who's completely miffed that another older gal has set up a quilt sale across yeah. from where she, too, is having a quilt sale. And then there's a, another surprising moment where Gary Busey's like, ladies, you're going to have to combine your sales. Otherwise, I'm going to have to shut this down. It's like, wait, what? Like, you're not going to, like, playfully, like, Josh – this woman for like being mad about the opposing quilt sale, you're gonna like really hold them to permit charges right now? Like what he's gonna what he, is you know, this? using his tough love, he's gonna get them to cooperate and with his folksy demeanor. I would watch <laughs> I would personally watch an entire movie about Cheryl and Betty's rivalry. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. What a like that's a specific kind of petty to be like, I'm she wants to do her, she's gonna do her quilt sh- on this day. Fuck that bitch. This town needs two quilt sales. Yeah. I want to know everything. It was perfect small town petty. It was perfect small town petty. Again, those are people I would have rather spent time with than Gary Busey's character. 100%. Yeah, and which is a shame because Gary Busey can give us so much. And I I really, this this movie has a real low-key shitty disaster movie child. He's okay. I have a lot of Jordan. We got to give a lot of leeway to this kid, though, because this kid is being raised by like the mom from Carrie. Like, yeah, she's she's keeping him like they they live in a trailer in the woods. That's very much off. Like it's it's not in the housing grid. They're 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 keeping to themselves. And she doesn't let her son go to school because he only needs to learn from the good book. And he's in. Yeah, he's he. And she's not like she's not like abusive, screaming like Mrs. White kind of thing. She's just very saccharine. Like oh, that you need we the good book, my boy. What, that we I feel saw. like she's we don't, like at this point in his age. A, once he becomes pu- once he's post pubescent, I think she's going to take a full turn to like weird incestuous obsession with her child. But to this point, where she can still control him, she seems b- benign in the sense that an evangelical smothering mother who doesn't per- allow her children to go into school and meet other kids is benign. That's very bad. But he's just like I, I got a real like uses a switch vibe off of her for sure. Gotta she I, I don't I, know that I don't, this kid I don't breaks think, any rules. Well, that's 
Yeah. He was so fucking boring. Like I, and it's not, I'm not blaming him. He communed with tigers, Jordan. He had a telepathic relationship with tigers. I just could not handle his constant fucking drippiness. I mean, my God, like (laughs) you're a little boy, be rambunctious or something. Like I, I can't stand like watching an obsequious child. Like, in real life, fine. But like in fiction, his whole, yes, sir, no, sir. I was like, this vanilla child needs to be eaten by a fucking tiger. Like I cannot watch him polite his way through another interaction with an adult where he says nothing to them when he could be like, yeah, there's a, I saw a tiger. Like the persistent, like the length of time this movie spends having his mom not believe that there's a tiger when there are yeah. six people in this town and everyone knows everything that's going on. She works at the fucking general store. It's not like she yeah. herself is keeping herself isolated fully from society. She works, she has a job, she makes money. But like this, like, no, Roy, you need to, your, your imaginary friends aren't real. It's like how long are we going to stretch this like homeschooled don't know nothing Christian bit when she goes to work every fucking day and the biggest thing that's ever happened to this town a murderous tiger is currently playing out and mom doesn't know a goddamn thing so it forces Roy to continue like being gaslighted thinking he's only imagining this tiger oh my god I throw the Roy plot in the fire. I was driving me out of my mind. I don't know why. Wow. It just really set me off. Sometimes watching a movie, I can be like, this is something that's going to really bug Jordan. That was not one of those things. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this children. Because, like, what you're wanting for a child like that is, like, it sets them up to take some kind of turn where they have, like, an emotion at a certain point. Like, oh, they're so polite, but then the dam breaks and they, like, stand up for themselves or do something. And, he's like, watching him, like, walk through the woods repeatedly and, like, shout to a tiger that he can't see because he's like, they're coming for you. I can protect you. It's like, oh, my God, Mowgli, enough of this. Like, (laughs) the movie did little Roy no favors, and I will absolutely grant that but this i this was so annoying i wanted him to be tiger food i see i was watching this movie being like oh so this is how a young serial killer develops cool oh no yeah that was definitely a concern yeah no that child that's that child would have been a serial killer regardless of the outcome but the outcome of this movie for him is bleak but i definitely like watching it the whole time i was like okay cool so we're going to find out that he and the tiger have like a special connection where they their mind melded i was waiting for that and so if you right. watch the movie with that kind of expectation and believe that it does imply it it does it imply it heavily and so like i choose to believe that roy was secretly killing and eating all the townspeople by way of uh, by proxy I would of love the tiger. that movie I would love that movie. So that like if this ended with like Roy with blood on his little kid face coming <laughs> to consciousness after he'd eaten people because he'd had his like wear tiger transformation, that would have been fucking awesome. That would have been That really would have given Roy any dimension whatsoever. Yeah, no, it didn't didn't give a lot of that. The the tracking scene when he was like a tracking savant. <laughs> yeah, was, that was like it, I actually, I really enjoyed that because I was like, well, this explains, like, I, I like him being a little tracking. I wanted more of him and then the colonel together because I thought I, that If they those had really two, leaned into his, like, yeah. Dr. Doolittle thing, 
that would have actually given him something to do with like what seemed to be this ability or or heightened sense that he has they like got close to giving Roy a purpose beyond just saying yes sir no sir yeah but they never fucking did and I was like look this kid's doing what he can but my god give give him something interesting besides just being like really polite yeah, with a mom super- who was I, 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 so polite it was actually maddening like throw a fucking tantrum kid I, I I also liked when he dragged his friend out into the woods to go see the tiger footprint. I was hoping that the friend would get eaten. I was really rooting for that. Well, and then he, like, kid sees, kid hears a tiger, kid's, like, friend, like, hears a tiger or sees a tiger. He runs off screaming, and Roy's like, where are you going? Like, dude, I, I'm, I get it. I'm not, like, saying... Yes, the tiger should definitely be shot. Like, I get that your role here is to be like, but we don't need to kill the tiger. Like, I understand that's your part to play here, but you just keep saying it and people just keep dying. So, like, I, like, the, the kid runs off, he's like, where are you going? It's like, stop being fucking obtuse, Roy. There's a giant predatory cat right there. Grow up. What do you mean, where are you going? The, the streets are littered with bodies at this point, Roy. Where the fuck you think he's running to? He doesn't have, you're like, Rift Jaeger driver bond with this tiger. He's saving his ass. He's a tiny child. He's doing the right thing. Okay. I just, oh God. The naivete of Roy <laughs> drove me out of my fucking mind. I, it's so rare that I get to see you this passionate about something that isn't terrible men. And this is really <laughs> yeah. fun. I'm just enjoying no, it. It's a terrible whole, boy. This it's whole a terrible boy child. Terrible child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrible male child. He really did not bother. Like I was, I was just like, you know what? This is like the eighth weirdest thing about this movie, so I'm okay with it. Oh, that's that's objectively true. You are a hundred percent right yeah. about that. Yeah. So I was, I but was like, like eh, it's fine. Like he didn't, he did not bother me. Not near as much as like the weird attempt that they had at doing having a mayor who was like the Jaws mayor. Yeah, they really did. It just didn't fit. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand. Like, I know you guys are trying to add stakes to it. Let's not bother adding stakes. Like, the stake is the stake is that there's a giant tiger, guys. Like, let's not also have Gary Busey going up against the bureaucracy. We don't need that. And also, like, the, like I get like tigers very deadly, uh, very acute, yeah. uh, acutely aware, and like you know, instinctual predatory cats. The level of deployment necessary to neutralize this one tiger was like, you better make him a super tiger. Like, unless this tiger this is going to, like, quadruple st- inside. Like, wh- honestly, like, yes, stealthy, correct, uh, built for the hunt, correct. They kept emphasizing they hunt night and day. Like, they just kept hammering they up. They kept saying, home. they said it repeatedly, yes. To explain why they didn't have, why, Jordan, it was to explain why they didn't bother to budget for a lot of night scenes. Right, yeah. Guys, he can hunt during the day. We know this. And just to have so many people with so many weapons, not even under the cloak of night, like in clusters of men, it was like, no, I'm sorry. Somebody would have shot this cat. Somebody would have shot this fucking tiger. Like, I just, it's not, it's not, I'm not buying that this animal is outwitting, outstealthing, overpowering all of these people with big fucking guns if you're not going to make him like a super tiger if you're not going to make him a hybrid fucking mecha tiger what is this i mean the tiger pulled apart the shark cage that that guy the photographer was in 
So I have to assume that this is a tiger who at least has a rudimentary understanding of like engineering. I, I guess, but we don't get like when you're going to do that. You have to give me the quintessential speech about how this is not a tiger like other tigers. That's this true. This is a super tiger. That's essential to a, a movie like that that would exist. But this is just like, guys, tigers, yes, scary. You are not doing anything to sell me on the near supernatural level of like strength and evasiveness that this tiger has. And I'm just seeing a bunch of people, not like poachers kill tigers horribly frequently fucking morons like donald trump jr kill tigers this tiger unless you are giving me a better story make it up secrets of the fucking ooze ninja turtle shit make it up i I was just like this tiger is giving to is is too much of just an ordinary tiger for you to be building this kind of movie around it yeah the the colonel needed a clever girl moment yeah, and we, never, we never got a like. Here's how. Here's how tigers normally hunt. Here's what this tiger is doing that's different. Exactly. You're Why is this right. tiger different? Not, the Manish Chanel. <laughs> Why is this tiger's night different than all other nights? <laughs> um, it's true, and it also yeah. would have made the existence of this Jumanji safari man kind of make a more sense. Not that it wasn't a great bit of color in the movie, but like. A, a, a like near mythical figure in this man who brings his gramophone and khaki tent from the UK all the way to Appalachia to hunt the mystical, the equally mystical tiger that like he's going to catch it and then they'll both turn into a mist or fucking glitter or something at the end of the movie and the prophecy will be fulfilled. Yeah, his that was what cur- I needed. The curse will finally be lifted from both the him and- The curse will finally be lifted. Yeah. And, like, and his plot, his backstory, straight out of, like, a movie that's 80 years old, where they're like, oh, yeah, did you hear about him? He got ran out of India because he's a tiger. He's a famed tiger hunter. A, a newscaster says he's a famous tiger hunter. Like, we really have those. And it's like, yeah, you see them all the this- time on, on, the, on Instagram. Tiger influencers. <laughs> tiger and tiger influencers. You you just like he he was hunting this one tiger in in India as if it's a small location that like he was blamed by the local people for all these deaths because the tiger ended up killing more than 200 people. So they ran him out of India. As he tells us later, the country I was born in. It's like, "Oh, I don't really want to hear sympathy for how you white man were driven out of india your true home and just like the outfit mixed with the backstory was like i'm sorry is this the is this a katherine hepburn movie like where did this come from not only that's his backstory but also he has a tragic backstory because the reason he became a tiger hunter in the first place is because his son was killed when they were lying in the room one night and had the windows open to allow for the breeze, and a tiger dragged the, his son through the window. As we know tigers are wont to do, they do go window to window looking for- Window to window. Yeah, that's that's why you have to make sure you latch all your windows shut at night, kids, because otherwise the tiger will get you. And, and I so, wondered about like the, I suppose I, it would, I believed the bit about carrying them off by the throat, because I feel like yeah. that's what big, big cats do. That, that's I what mean, they do to fucking mice. Right, so yeah, that's that. Sure. And yeah. even if, and like that can be how this particular tiger hunts. And that explains how it was so stealthy, where 
it could kill people within feet of other people and they wouldn't know because he grabs them by the throat and then it silences them. It just was it it this animal was a killer on the order of like the wolf in Rampage and that animal was like 60 feet long. So like I get that. Yeah. But this one tiger just like snatching grabbing people silently like okay you know I get it was, that Jordan, it, it was the bo- it was like the boar from boar. You are very the boar that just Apparates. Yeah, the teleporting boar. This was the teleport, <laughs> which explains how the tiger got up into like a lookout spot for hunters at one point. Yeah, he gets With up into like, a fucking treehouse. Sound, mm-hmm. which great. Yeah, I'll believe it. I I will never question apparating. Like I'll never question apparating animals in these movies. I'm just I'm like you know what? Fine. Yes, animals yeah. move that quietly through time and space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, I don't – that's not altogether something – because I love boar. Like, I right. think that movie's a fucking blast. But it gives you a hyperbolic enough animal yeah. for that to have a sort of, like, kitschy appeal. And, like, it's it's fun that way with grizzlies, too, to think yeah. of, like, an animal the size of a, of a van just, like, sneaking up on you. But just, like, what basically just looked like a, a tiger that you'd see in your local preservation zoo situation was like, yeah, this thing would really fucking get you. But like, I refuse to believe multiple military people holding high powered guns when one of them was attacked that the others would not be able to, even if one person was like one person died in the process of it happening, were able to neutralize this tiger. It was just a very weird lack of realism to me when they could have had the tiger, like, sneaking up on people behind their cars when they yeah. get out of the cycle going into people's fucking houses but not this like being faced down with heavily armed people and yet still triumphing i yeah. don't think it needed a national when they, when element they, when they got out of the lorry and all of a sudden that's all it takes to get the tiger to attack them yeah and, and it didn't i think it would have been better served to not be like we need to call the press and get attention to this and yeah. at one point entertainment weekly is name checked as how like basically viral this story has gone we didn't need the national news media we didn't need um like the army if it would have just been like these very not prepared to handle a tiger townspeople yeah that would have made a lot more sense to me it absolutely would have made more sense it also would have explained like it, it would have made more sense because of how annoyed from that point on Gary Busey is by the presence of yeah. press. He is so annoyed by the fact that the press is there. And it's like, well, when he sir, summoned them, you specifically said, we need to alert the entire press to this. Yeah. Like, he said, get everyone. me the press. And the, the, the deputy was like, oh, you mean like the local paper? And he goes, no, the press. Yes. You invited them all. Which I'm not sure what he thought they were going to achieve. Telling more no. people that there's a tiger in the town doesn't do much to help you. No. I, it, it's not like the tiger's going to be like, oh shit, my cover's blown. I got to bounce. Like, that's not yeah. going to help. Call the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Call yeah. the Forestry Service. Like, call people who can actually, like, yeah, the tiger didn't necessarily need to die. They did not even exercise an option where capturing the tiger was even mentioned. So, like, we escalated from people, from, you know, people dying and nobody really doing anything about it to bring in a national effort to solve this problem. It was like, I think you've just brought too many cooks into the kitchen, actually. Yeah, 
It was a bad plan. It's a bad plan. It's a, a bad plan. In a town where people where like small children go walking through the woods, bad idea to just call in armed members, like yeah. the army to go shooting into the woods. It yeah. was they they set up roadblocks. Why? It's a tiger. That's it's not a help. tiger. It was very pointless. And you're right, it would have been a stronger choice if it had been like this one man up against and like and that I as I was watching this, I was like, oh, they think that they're Jaws. That's cute. And yeah. and part of that was because one of the things that Jaws does really well is that Jaws keeps it localized basically to the town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There are some sport fishermen who come in mm. to try and get the shark, but like And you know never, what? That shark is also fucking enormous. Right, that too. But ultimately it's extraordinarily like, large. It's Sheriff Brody trying to handle it with he called there's a marine biologist who gets pulled into it so he gets a, he gets a professional and then he gets a guy whose expertise is sharks and then that's it and this movie didn't have it kind of combined quint with hooper in the form of yeah. the colonel who kind of wound up being both and neither at the same time he was a tiger expert in that he knew that they hunted at both night and day <laughs> yeah. and he was a tiger killing expert in that he had done it in the past but he was not particularly good at either of those things in the present no, despite the, despite him even saying nobody in the world knows more about tiger hunting than I do. It's like, again, what century are we in right now? What is this? And also, I feel like I feel like that's probably just blatantly untrue, sir. Yeah, man. You did you did, really you didn't I show think that a is. Of, didn't show a ton of expertise. He did a little bit of like brief tracking where he's like, the tiger walked up this way and then dragged the body. And I'm like, well. I would assume and that then a nine-year-old has to finish his job for him. Yeah, and then they end up fine, and he doesn't even like lay a trap for the tiger. No, I, nobody lays. The there's one bunch. Nobody one person hangs it. a ham. Yeah, one and then puts himself hangs in a ham sh- and sets a, sets a cage trap, and that's it. Yeah, and puts him. No, he sets he sets himself in a cage trap. Oh, was that to protect him? Yeah, he was in like a shark tank. He was it. in a shark that's cage it. to protect himself so he could get photos of the tiger. That's it. But he used a, he just hooked a ham and left it dangling and hoped that that would work. Yeah. Which was optimistic. And he, the photographer, was the only person who made any attempt to lure the tiger in that way. Yeah. Everyone else was like, just kind of like, okay, well, we'll hang out and walk through the woods and have guns and hopefully the tiger shows up. And that just <laughs> yeah. seems like a really good way to get hunted by a tiger. I did love the, uh, one of the movie's great moments was when all they find left of the photographer is his camera and the yeah. destroyed cage. And Gary Busey picks it up to look in the like digital viewfinder and to review the images. And you see like a tiger from far away. And then the next picture, the tiger's closer. And then in the final picture, it's just a full fucking tiger face right in the frame of the photo. Yeah. It was like, ooh, tough one. And also, as I saw, I was like, oh, kitty. Because that's yeah. also like... <laughs> When it when, yeah. when a cat is hunting you, then they're just like, oh, they're sneaky, they're sneaky, then they yeah run. yeah yeah that's that's that is common regardless of size or nature of cat. Yeah, I was like, all you guys need to do is just put out a big box. You'll be fine. You can catch this tiger no problem. We have seen the videos of the zoo cats having yeah. as much fun with boxes as house cats do. This is a genetic imperative for all cats. Boxes. If they sit, they must fit. Yes. Yes. So true. Nobody exercised the refrigerator box option, which was a real missed opportunity. And the tiger I, could have gotten into the lorry. The lorry was boxy enough. The lorry was enough of a box. Um, 
I really was I was really curious to see. It seemed like a guarantee that Zealot Mom was going to go down. Was really glad to see that. That would have yeah. sucked if she had lived. Brutal, brutal death. Like I love that get, she was. Oh, I was just gonna say we don't get a lot of like on screen deaths. They they don't do a lot of that in this. It's no. a lot of like oh we see the aftermath or we see them turn and then all of a sudden they're gone. <laughs> this was this was fully. This was a stunt woman and a tiger. Yeah, this was just a woman getting covered in bacon juice and then unleashed upon. <laughs> it was it was really because like she you know. I, I don't know how much she believed in the tiger by the time the, the tiger finally killed her. But like when the boy finally knows that like, oh, I have seen this tiger out in the woods and I'm not just like, de- I'm not just like dreaming about it. Um, He and Jumanji Hunter go to like, he, he goes to see the Jumanji Hunter because he has like a vision that the tiger killed him. So he has to go find him. So he finds him, Tiger, you know, Jumanji guy is like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, I should take you home. Like, let's let's get you to your mom. Oh, she's at the store. She's at work. Let's take you there. So they go to the store to get her. And he's like walking the boy to his mom. And when she like when like the the hunter's like, oh, my God, like calling attention to the fact that the tiger has stalked up behind her. She turns around and just goes, oh, Lord, and then gets just mauled to death. And the oh, Lord before the demise was a really great addition because as she tells her son, you are protected by God. All that's the only protection you need. He will keep us safe. Not from the tiger. I mean, the Lord might've sent the tiger, you know, sometimes the Lord sends a boat. I think the Lord Lord sent the tiger tiger. for her. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. When, when she turned and said, Oh Lord, that was really one of those great moments. I was like, they just, they wrote this character just right. Yeah. And they, they wrote this character for this moment to happen. Yeah. And, you know, when it, it seems like this tiger will never be gunned down, I did enjoy their choice for how the tiger would be resolved. Yes. Um, which is Gary Busey running away from it, shooting wildly behind himself with a revolver. He's never going to hit the cat, but he does hit a giant propane tank outside the general store and explodes the tiger. Yes. That I is- thought that was a... You know what? That why not? Go big. When in doubt, blow it up, Jordan. We know this is blow the solution. This is always a solution in a disaster movie. If you can't fix it, blow it up. And sure enough, they blew it up and it worked. I, I Which was a cold, little bit cold zone knows damn well and still said we're not doing it. Yeah, they didn't even try in cold zone, which is why I rated it low. But this they knew that they could at the very least possibly blow up the tiger. But I don't think we we never really see a body. So do oh, we no. have we don't have confirmation. There could be a man. I love too. thinking of this as an. I love thinking of this as an open end where the tiger was just yeah. like, okay, I've almost been blown up. I'll leave now. Yeah, but we do also get the great because we it keeps the tiger and humans out of the same shot pretty much because obviously not probably there was one person who was trained to be in a scene with a tiger in this and it was the stunt double who like went down in place of of it, zealot mother. So when we have the shot, it like it pulls up wide from Gary Busey running away from the tiger and the tiger chasing it. And we see the most hackneyed digital inclusion of a tiger loping through the screen toward Gary Busey and the child. And also, I did kind of because I was so annoyed at the boy, I did get a sick kind of satisfaction out of because he had said earlier to the hunter, he's like, you know, are you going to kill it? Like, 
Why do they want to kill it? Like, we can't kill it. Like, just not being willing to engage in the conversation about the resolution of this tiger. And I was like, okay, you fucking naive. Like, all right. And so finally then... After he's like, no, there's no, like, there's no reason why anybody should think this tiger, like, needs to die. Like, again, I don't want the tiger to die, but I get why people are moving to that conclusion. The fact that he watches the tiger kill his mother was like, let this be a lesson to you, young boy, to not spout off about things you don't know jack shit about. So I was glad that the little boy had to watch his mom die by tiger. (laughs) I was. Okay. Serves him right. Serves him right. Wow. I mean, I was watching it the whole time, like, oh, this is how he ends up dismembering humans later on in life. But Definitely sure, okay. That. Definitely that. that. Especially once he ends up as, like, the surrogate child to Gary Busey and his childless wife. <laughs> yeah. Which is not – I was like, that's not how that works. That's not how this and works at all. That you don't just, like, <laughs> oh, the child, is, the child is an orphan now. I guess that will just – Take him to Gary Busey's house. No. Yeah. You don't just like, give him to the local childless couple. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the childless couple. You, you obviously just give the child to the childless couple. And I, like, there was a moment where, like, it was kind of, because they, this movie can't decide how feral it wants this boy to be. And mm-hmm. so, like, there are certain moments where he's, like, very much a child of the woods and civilization seems very anathema to him. And most of the time, though, he's just, like, pretty normal and, like, shy and quiet. So then at the end of the movie, when, like, Gary Busey walks him up to the house and he's going to go inside, he, like, gets to the threshold of the door, little Roy. He gets to the threshold of the door and he looks around inside and he's, like, he, like, that looks at Gary Busey to walk in and, and Gary Busey's like, yeah, go for it. And the way he looks at the house is, like, acts like he's, ne- he gives this... He moves like he's never been in a home before. And it's like, listen, how un how uncivilized are you trying have, have you decided this boy is in this movie? Because you seem to not be able to decide whether or not he's like an actual wild animal being raised by wolves or if he's just like a quiet kid who grew up in a trailer. Like it was just very it was weird. He it was, was super weird. it was super weird. New headcanon, that child's a vampire, he had to be invited in. <laughs> that's I why he couldn't love that for Roy. That's why he couldn't go into his friend's house either. He has to be invited into a home. He was and you so, can tell he was very apprehensive. And that's why he also that's why he walks in his sleep. That's why he's walking around at night all the time. He's I did a love I did love that he had to be tethered to the bed because of his sleepwalking, but like I didn't realize that was what was going. I thought the the when we see him first he's walking through the woods and he like meets the yeah. tiger they commune. I thought that was a dream. So when we meet him in the morning and his his mom's waking him up and he's tied to the bed by twine, I was like, oh my God, we're just starting this. We meet this kid by his mom ties him up to the bed because I thought that was a whole thing that happened in his head. And then he gets up and he like undoes the thing, his little wrist leash and walks away. I was like, oh, phew. I thought this was, we were throwing a subplot in here about a, imprisoned child in this trailer with his evangelical mom, his fundamentalist mom tying him to the furniture. That would have been a real zag from what I was expecting. No, no, no. No, this is just a child who self-tethers in order to avoid prowling the streets at night as a vampire (laughs) child. Yes, vampire child. Much better. And now now the ward of Gary Busey. (laughs) I was so rooting for him to, to take off with the colonel. I wanted him to get adopted by the colonel. Because I thought well, that was as like, we know from, yeah, as we know from the colonel, that was his last hunt. That was, that his, was last his last hunt. So he could just like raise the child on his own and teach the child all the ways of tracking, and then also like go on to 
and then go on to like, you know, I don't know, help him be a serial killer. Yeah, they would have been a great murder duo, a great odd couple murder duo. See, that's what I wanted for them. But I wanted, and also like the colonel lost his son, so this would be retribution. He'd get a new son now. Like he'd be a child of the of the earth. It's perfect. It's great for him. Gary Busey doesn't. It's Gary Busey is not equipped to handle the traumas that this child <laughs> is going to carry with him. Like right. never mind that this child. The only thing the child knows how to do is read the Bible. The child has <laughs> yes. not been socialized. No. And also, he watched his mother get mauled in front of him. Like you're not prepared for this, Gary Busey. Give him. Give him over to the colonel. A town that town does not have a suitable counselor, social worker, or therapist that can work Roy through no. his problems. And again, you don't just get to take the child once his primary caregiver dies. Right. That's, I, I, that is, that's one of my favorite movie things that happens yeah. is when like orphaned child just goes with whoever the hero is. Yeah. Regardless of any official channels. Sure. I Normally I don't question that. I only questioned it in this movie because I wanted him to be taken by the colonel instead. I was like, if a male <laughs> You figure- wanted him to be extra, extra judicially be taken by the colonel. Yeah. If this child who is absolutely yeah. doesn't have – this child doesn't have a social security number. Like, let's be real here. No, no, This no child way. doesn't have a social security number. This child's not going to have a passport. The colonel is going to have to pack him up and put him on a freight steamer. That's just yeah. how this works. Yeah, he hasn't traveled by anything but ship since, I mean, ever, yeah. really. So now, that's – do we yeah. do we feel like then we have reached the conclusion I think- – I think we've reached the end of the reality index for me personally. Of, of the reality index. Yeah. I, I feel like this movie was a real cacophony of reality. Um, but that means we arrive yeah. now uh, at a very important bit of information for you. A very, a very important uh, bit of announcing. Breaking, breaking news. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves, to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA. That's all caps, no spaces, DISASTERDIVA at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's, Let's watch, watch more, more movies. movies. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! And, and they just dropped you can... today mm-hmm. yep. the Josie and the Pussycats collection, which is very exciting. But more importantly, Dejour, Jordan, what has come Dejour back? means super yaki. Dejour means super yaki, everybody. Yeah, no, it's a very exciting time for me specifically in regards to super yaki. Um, I'm always delighted by them, but you know, it's an extra special feeling when they re-release the Justice oh, for yeah. Jennifer's body line that I collaborated mm. on with them last October. There is uh there are pieces from the original collection, and there are also some extra things 
uh, including a wonderful t-shirt. You have the option of black or purple that says directed by Karin Kusama. And that is really a shirt for all, for all ages and all occasions. So yeah, I, the, the, the spring drop at super Yaki is really, really good stuff. Mm. The spring drop is every single time. (laughs) I love those people. Me too. Just you want to root for Super Yaki. Oh yeah. Super Yaki Super Yaki's like that friend that you have that like you've seen like really grinding it out for a few years and honestly you know, like, pinching every penny and just chasing that goal they've got, whatever it is. That's super yaki. And like, you know, you, and you're yeah, watching yeah, and it pay off. You're exactly, watching it pay yeah. off for them in real time. And you're like, you know what? Let me let me buy this let me buy my friend Super Yaki a lunch, right? Let me let me help him. <laughs> yeah. Get a little wing. Have- they're they're on the come up, and now I'm trying to ride those those uh, those sails. <laughs> I just I, I need Super Yaki to to stop making so many great things because I oh, knew God. that something good was going to be. They were teasing. Oh, and the Catherine Han stuff. Oh, and the it Catherine is the Han Hanassans. The Han merch is out. Oh man, the the it was Catherine Han all along in the Agatha all along font. Beautiful. That was great. That that's a great touch. Very good. We 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 love seeing Car- uh, Catherine Hahn getting some some real recognition. I almost said Karen <laughs> Hahn. I was like, completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Han. we love seeing Karen Hahn. Yeah, get we like too. seeing Karen Hahn thrive as well, um, <laughs> and a friend of Super Yaki as well, Karen Hahn. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So that's the Super Yaki for this week. Uh, but that takes us into this week's edition of. What was this movie really about? And so, Amanda, did you have any um, lessons, morals, takeaways from Maneater? Yeah, I do. Um, watching this movie, what I was really struck by was how ill-suited Gary Busey's character was to tackle the situation, as was the military. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, um, talking about how the military was like, why were they the ones being called in for this? Why did we need to have them? They weren't going to do anything. They don't ever go to a zoo. They don't ever call in any animal yeah. specialists. <laughs> they don't go to a zoo. They kind of luck into the tiger hunter. But even he is like kind of a, he's not really a great option either. So to me, what this movie was really about was about how we don't allocate our resources properly in the government. How that is no, we, That is no lie. Yeah, how when we budget... We're not giving proper, you know, there's certain aspects of the budget like the uh, police or on a national level, the military, you get an outsized amount of the funding, but then we don't, then we don't invest in the people who can actually on a granular level affect change. You know, you can't use, you can't expect the police to offer any sort of social services. You can't expect the military to be able to hunt tigers. I don't know if that's really a great one-to-one comparison <laughs> so much as it is. That's right. Tr- I mean, but true, true. But it's true. Like you can't, this is not what they are equipped to do. This is not what they should have been doing. Gary Busey should not have been walking through the woods in a blue polo shirt and tan suit. Inexplicably, that was his costume for the whole film. He should not have been walking through the woods trying to hunt a tiger. He should that's have true. been able to call in the right people. And so to me, this movie is really about how are we have an over-reliance on certain aspects of the government that are not suited to do the tasks that need to be done. And mm-hmm. how we maybe didn't, and all these people didn't need to get eaten by a tiger if they had just initially called in a guy who knows how to deal with tigers. That is exactly so right. If they, had, if they had used the tool for the job yeah. and not just started swinging sledgehammers. Exactly. So that is 
Um, that is my interpretation of this film is that it is actually about the inefficiency of local, state, and national budgets. <laughs> Jordan, what about you? Gosh, what is this movie? What is this movie really about? You know, I feel like it's I feel like it's about our our eroding small American towns that are just left neglected and are behind the times that like we've we've talked I think recently I think you brought up it about America's failing infrastructure. Yes, that was and, uh, cold zone when we talked about the failing infrastructure. Yeah, cold zone. Um I I think this is um indicative of those um you know Appalachia mm-hmm. of those coal towns that are just sort of places that time forgot that managed to sort of erode and decay and the people in them don't seem to there doesn't seem to be a, a keeping of pace with mm-hmm. progress or the the modern world in in how we we view uh, a more expansive way of looking at people and humanity and the human experience. And then I feel like, you know, there is this metaphor in this big cat of the world, the wide world outside encroaching upon them. And instead of making the correct choice for how to deal with it in a timely and sustainable way, they just sort of bury their heads in the sand and turn to their guns making a very short-term choice without addressing long-term problems. Yeah. So I'm going to say I'm going to say it's that. I'm going to say it's the, you know, in in what could be considered like I think it's sort of colloquially thought of as like the American interior needing to take it take the head out of the sand and look outwardly into the world and see that that which comes from another place is not necessarily bad is not bad or evil, but is something to be embraced is something to be considered and be is something to consider and be curious about and is something to incorporate into your own worldview lest suddenly you view everything as a tiger that wants to kill you and snatch your kids in your sleep because honestly what if this tiger wasn't even fucking real and this was just this was just us this was actually little Jacob little Roy I mean little Roy killing people in the woods and everybody just wanted to see the tiger because the tiger was the easier thing to deal with than their the actual nature of themselves. I like real it. Makes you real makes you think. Yeah. No, I like that. And I think that that also ties. I think that ours again. We did that thing where we kind of dovetailed. And I always love when we dovetail onto a similar yeah, theme. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, because like it's it's kind of two sides of the same thing. It's the idea that by the fear the fear of the unknown, so you put more stock into the thing that you do know. Yes. Yes. And Guns. so yeah, exactly. And guns and the, the military and the and the police and the sh- sheriff Gary Busey and that's what you that's what you you turn to when you are afraid of the unknown and the possibility of other options. And what we have in the British colonizer colonel mm-hmm. is a representation of the old way of doing things that is so set in its ways. And so, sure, it has the answers and it has the solutions based on their very narrow and specific life experience. That there's no other room. For anybody else to be right. Yeah. And ultimately, what happens to that person who is stuck in the old institutional way of doing and approaching things? They get attacked by a fucking tiger. They get they get taken down by the very thing they purported to be the ultimate solution to solving. It's true. Fucking I mean, hubris. he survives, but you're right. You're totally right. Right, yeah. He is he is mauled. He is and he is he, you know, retires from the fight when he realizes he's obsolete. Yep. I like it. I like this. I think we've solved this one. I think we have. Do you have any fantasy casting for this if they want to remake it tomorrow? 
I do. I really, for some reason, I wanted the mayor to be David Costabile. You're going to have to give me more than that. <laughs> you say that like it's a name I would know. He Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. He's like the really, he's like the, like the super fan of Walt Lab Tech. Oh, yeah. Who joins him. Yeah. And eventually like branches off and opens mm-hmm. his own. Yeah. Because he's yeah, like yeah. a science nerd brain. Um, I really wanted that to be David Costabile. Okay. I wanted, I just wanted Gary Busey to go more Gary Busey. Yeah. Like, want Gary Busey, but I want bigger Gary Busey from that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted Christian mom to be Mary Kay Place. Okay. And that was just, I wanted that maternal, like, big love on the compound fundamentalist energy. Yeah. A long braid, a, like, um, a gingham dress kind of thing. Sure. I, I I wanted more of that specifically. So those were those were my main two. All right. So I, I yes, I agree about the long oh, and who who's who plays um she's hilarious. She's in superstore. She has Lauren Ash. Yeah. What's the Lauren Ash's character's name? Um shit. She's like she's the assistant manager. Yeah, she's a kind of severe looking yeah. one who always has like the type well I wanted her to be the sheriff's deputy. That's, I mean, she would be fantastic as that. I think she'd be great she, at that. And but what I also a would weird heard, compliment to that, Gary what Busey. A weird, like, she would actually, Gary Busey would again be the straight man compared to Lauren Ash because, like. Which, a great possibility. I, I love that. But I also, I agree, Lauren Ash should just be in everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. Laura, Laura, how about you? Did you do you want to put Lauren Ash in this anywhere? <laughs> I do now, especially because the way that I'm recasting this, Jordan. She's going to go really well as a compliment to the only person I'm recasting. We're going to redo this whole thing around him. We're mm-hmm. sending this whole movie to Australia, Jordan. Oh, that's a great idea. It just needs to be in Australia. It does need Is to- it going to be a tiger or is it going to be another boar? No, it's going to be a fucking tiger. Are we recasting the tiger as a boar? No, this is going to be a tiger in Australia. It's going to be running loose. It's going to be the same basic premise of like there's a loose yeah. tiger in a small town. The sheriff is going to be Nathan Jones. Oh, God. A win every time. I He's love that man. Gonna wrestle a tiger. Yeah. And yeah. sure, let's throw Lauren Ash in there because in my head, <laughs> Lauren Ash is seven feet tall. Yeah. Would they be like, would they be dating? Would they be a couple? They would either be a couple or brother and sister, and I can't decide which, and it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. But like that's great. She just in I I don't know what it is about. Like she seems she seems tall to begin with, but then in my head, she just seems so. She has such a presence. Towering, yeah, that mm-hmm. she would be real. She's the only person who could fill a screen with Nathan Jones. You'd be like, yeah, that's a person who who will go head to head with Nathan Jones and it'll work. So anyway. When I was when I was at Vulture, Superstore came to Vulture mm-hmm. Festival one time and she was as goddamn hilarious and scene stealing yeah. on a stage as herself as she is in her performances. She just seems so fucking cool. Yeah, she, she it was like, wow, you're awesome. Yeah. No, I, I I I just love her as an actress. So yeah, so that's what we'll do. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your Lauren Ash, move her to Australia, right. um, <laughs> and yeah, that's gonna be the movie. Like the, we can figure out the rest later. But and Nathan Jones is gonna bring the energy that Gary Busey should have brought to this, which is a real yeah. a real sense that at any time he could just join the tiger. Yeah, <laughs> it could be him and the tiger against the world. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's gonna happen next. So that's <laughs> that's how I'm recasting this one. I think so, that's great. Thank you. How many Towering Infernos are you giving this? I'm going to give it two. It just wasn't, it was, it, it could have, it had the pieces in place with yeah. the tiger and Gary Busey to be at least zany. No, it wasn't even zany. Yeah. And like, it wasn't, 
I didn't feel like it was a f- total like phone in job to put it in the ones, but it's only a two for me. Doesn't get doesn't get higher than that. And as we know, I have a huge problem with the character of Roy. Yeah. So <laughs> I just really couldn't. The only the only thing that could push it to a, a two and a half is the existence of the uh, British yeah. Jumanji Colonel. Uh, but even if the movie had risen to what that character was, we could have been in easily in the threes, but didn't do it. So it's a two for me. Yeah, I'm like a 2.5 because of the British Colonel. And I feel okay. like in retrospect, what's going to happen with to me with this movie is that I'm going to forget everything except for him. And that I is am, completely possible. Yeah, and that could be a real dangerous thing because what could end up happening is I could, this could be one of those in retrospects like it more. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I got to watch that again. And then I'm going to be mad. Right, okay. Like, I'm going to get 10 minutes into it and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? So it right, is- yeah. It is a low 2.5 for me, but I got to give it that 0.5 just because of how fucking absurd it was to have the, the British colonel. I mean, that's an I was an audacious decision. It was every movie when they're in the production stage, when they're like, you know, the script isn't really clicking. Just throw this character in, you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every movie can Any. be better for it, honestly. Amanda, take your own advice on that one I'm because gonna, who knows where he could pop up in your story. I'm going to throw that into the uh, into the Christmas movie that I've been writing. That would honestly work. Yeah. Like, like how is that not a recipe, a, a formula for a Netflix Christmas movie? I mean, I've look, just because it's based on a Christmas carol doesn't mean that there can't be a big game hunter in it, guys. <laughs> yeah. gonna no, not for, at all. I'm going to pitch this for all the movies. Can't wait. Yeah, so him put put a safari hunter like that in with four Vanessa Hudgenses, and you've got <laughs> my attention. I mean, we know Paul listens to this, so obviously when when this shows up in when this Colonel shows up in all of his movies from here on out, I have to assume you know it'll be because of us. <laughs> I hope that I hope he's played by Jason Statham then, <laughs> <laughs> with the muscle, with the embracing the role. Yeah, fully yeah. embracing the role. The only difference is he'd somehow still find find a way to wear a turtleneck. <laughs> well, when you look that good in him, he really. I no one wears a turtleneck like Jason Statham. I mean, my favorite celebrity couple is Jason Statham and Rosie Huntington Whitley. It just doesn't. What a handsome pair that is. That's yeah. That's that's genetics just being cruel to the rest of us. Yeah, it really is. So, Jordan, we've got some cool guests next week. We do. It's it, like now, as I understand it, right? It's not necessarily we're not tethering to a movie. No, we're tethering one. to all the it's movies. It's a special edition, yeah, of Disaster Girls. So um, we have we're going to be joined next week by Dr. Samantha Montano. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right, um, and John Carr, who are actually disasterologists. Yeah, really, a real thing you can be. So they are disasterologists. And it's now a real thing. I'm shocked Amanda's not. Uh, well, you know, there's that whole thing about like having any sort of focus in school. That was a real that right. was a real challenge there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they are disasterologists, and they are both listeners of the podcast, and um, they are going to be coming on because they have a paper that they were that they recently published. Where basically it's about, and obviously they'll talk about this more. But it's their paper is about how the public understands disa- disasters, and mm-hmm. they did that and they examined it by watching shit tons of disaster movies we can relate yeah so we've got our side of it and now we're gonna hear from some people who've actually like studied disaster movies which i think is fucking awesome i'm really looking forward to that yeah and so um i know that uh samantha has been on uh ali ward's podcast ologies before talking Ah, about disasterology 
Um, so if you want to things that really fry her legs, maybe. <laughs> boy, you know what? The, the I now I can name it. The little boy in this movie really fried my legs. That is yes, that is exactly what that did to you. It fried Roy you. in Roy fried your legs. Fried my legs. Yep, that's exactly what happened there. It's still the best phrase. <laughs> really fried my leg. <laughs> Thank you, Allie Ward's dad. A great, a, what will now be a great Jordanism. I'm thrilled about this. Yeah, I, I'm carrying it on with me. So yeah, so we've got them next week. So you guys, there's no movies this week. Just, you know, a general vibe. A general vibe. And you know what that means? It means you guys have the space and time on Friday to watch Mortal fucking combat. I'm so stoked. I cannot wait. God, I'm stoked. Oh. Amanda, not I'm, as stoked. I'm excited for both of you, I guess. I, I mean, like, realizing the gravity of the fact that this Mortal Kombat movie is going to be a lot of people's first movie in a theater after the vaccine. Yeah, oh it is. Oh, God. I hope that means it makes just an inexplicable amount of money for people sure just being like, what can I see on a big screen that's amazing looking? You know what's making else, a ton gonna of money? Look cool. You know what's this making a ton gonna of money right cool. now? What? Fucking nobody, which is... Is it? I fine. haven't checked on it. It's fine. It's It has problems. It's another one of those movies sure. for, like, you know, 55-year-old men who really want to prove their dick still works. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's, like, gangbusters. Like, in terms really? of... Because it's just it, everyone honestly, can go back it's to such a non- Everybody can go. And between Bob Odenkirk and everybody head. can go to a theater... It truly yeah. is. It's like it's the guy who wrote John Wick and one of the producers of John Wick just being like, yeah. I don't know, what other shit did we were we not able to do and how can we capitalize on dad audiences? And it truly yeah. like the movie, the whole thing is just being like, it's okay, dads. I know you're aging. I know your kids hate you. I know you're boring, but actually you're really cool and you can still fuck. Where's the Ray Donovan crowd? Bring me the Ray truly, Donovan crowd. Truly. Again, you um, know, so God, God love him, I love Bob Odenkirk, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that when I look at Bob Odenkirk, I don't think that's a man who can fuck. Right. And that's that's the I point mean, is that you don't again, think he can Another point fuck, of disagreement. Need, but I don't need another to see another point Bob of Odenkirk. disagreement on the internet. The oh, no, internet absolutely fucking loves Bob Odenkirk I, in that Amanda, way. Amanda, I don't, you're misinterpreting. I don't need to see Bob Odenkirk fuck is all I'm you're saying. I don't think he does. You're this. misinterpreting. Yes, he does not yeah. fuck. But the yeah, point I, of the okay. movie is that he can fuck. There's never he's never in a sexual situation, even a little bit. But the okay. point of the movie is that Bob Odenkirk can fuck. And yes, you, Mr. 55-year-old balding man <laughs> yeah. who's a little portly, can also fuck. Yeah. I, I got to be honest, who, who you guys, as someone, as someone who's who currently on a lot yeah. than a Liam Neeson. As someone who's currently on dating apps and uh, her upper age limit is 50 right now, uh, they don't need to be encouraged on that point. They do not. <laughs> they all think they can. You do not need to encourage them. I cannot They'll tell you how many, the how many, f- I can tell you how many men whose age is listed at 45 and they're actually, then they say, my age is 54, can't figure out how to change it, but I'm a young 54. And I'm like, no, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is Wait, no young 54. Then. There is just 54. <laughs> question about that like if you were if that's where you're like your your upper limit is set for like your search filters does that mean for you to match with a person that their their lower limit needs to be set like your age our age or lower so are they like yeah these are like 50 something then on the the app being like give me those 35 yeah. year olds yes that's exactly yes. what that is that's, okay that's, 
Just that checking. Is why, that's why I'm not finding any men who are my own age anymore because all of them are not searching for 36, 35 to 36 year olds. Their age range caps out at 30. It's like 19 to 27. Yes, which is why back when I was like (laughs) first on these apps and I was like 27, 28, I would be getting messages from guys in their 40s who had set their age as 39. And that was always like – that was the thing that tons of guys would set their age at 39 because if you're like 27, 28, you go, okay, 39 is not that old. And that's where their cutoff would be. And then they'd be like actually – you'd look and be like, sir, I'm sorry, but you remember where you were when Kennedy was shot. Like, I, I don't think that we can say your version of 39 and my version of 39 are temporarily different. There's just like, I the idea of the age ceiling being considerably higher, no problem. The idea of the age ceiling, the age floor being considerably lower, I'm like, hmm, Huge you're problem. weird. You're weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, that's like, yep. I think you should be able to match with people higher than you that aren't necessarily set for your age filter. It's I, the, the whole like... I'm in, I'm a young 54 and I'm looking for a spry 31 year old is like, yeah, I bet you are. Ew. Good luck with that, sir. I'm like, great. But yet. I'm but in trouble. Yet. But yeah. yet. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was the and that was the post that was the post towering inferno's Amanda's dating update. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I would be I'd beware. I'm not gonna send Bob Bob Odenkirk Twitter after you, but I'm saying they will they could come after you for you being like Bob Odenkirk is not sexy. Because there is such a strong like, Bob just... Odenkirk is not Bob Odenkirk can get it contingent out there. There is a contingent of every type of that. Like sure, but everybody Bob is kind of is is practically an internet's boyfriend kind of person. Like there's a real following. Like, <sighs> yeah, and Karen Han, the aforementioned Karen Han, is even a Bob Odin. He's a KB. He's like, a Karen's boy. He's a Karen's boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not arguing that people find him attractive. Probably. I'm not arguing that he's not charming. There's a lot of sure. things. It's more of the like Bob Odenkirk fucks. It's just a little bit is a step in there for an ergo. Yeah, you it's, fuck is a step too far entire, in the internet. This entire genre is just for middle aged men proving they can still fuck, even if nothing yeah. sexual happens, like the Liam right. Neeson movies, like this movie. It's just, it's yeah. it's all about my body just, still works. Basically my body yeah, still basically works. A ninety million dollar Cialis commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly, yeah. it's okay. like I look like nothing, but I actually am dangerous and and and, and <laughs> actually am dangerous. Yeah. Oh God, the delusions of. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Anyway, it's really fun. It's a great context to watch that oh, movie. I'm I think it makes it ten wait. times more enjoyable. It's. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'm gonna have a fucking blast with it. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, fellas. Jordan, where do we find you? You can find me at the present moment eating little wonton chips out of my salad. But in uh, an internet sense, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and patreon.com slash Cruciola. And keep an eye out for the imminent arrival of the Neon Demon mini-series single-topic movie podcast I'm doing with Roxana Haddadi and William O. Tyler. Oh, hell yeah. Definitely going to have that up in like the next two weeks. It's going to be... If, if you've wanted to have long conversations about Neon Demon, I really think it's going to be a satisfying listen for you. And I really want to have those conversations. Oh, yeah, I, and also Jordan, I'm doing that. I have thoughts on Neon Demon. I just, I wanted to express that. I don't, I'm not asking to be on, on your show. What I'm just no, simply we, saying. Okay, but we need to have this conversation then sometime because yes. there's much to unpack. Um, yeah. And then also I'm doing, I am, I am the recruited co-host kind of basically of Anna Bogutskaya's uh, Promising Young Woman single topic podcast. And we're yeah. doing a hand couple, handful of episodes on that. Love the STPs. Uh, because we simple, simply love 
talking about that movie. Hell yeah. That is, you are you are rapidly becoming one of the, defini- in addition to Jennifer's body scholars, you are rapidly becoming a promising young woman scholar. And it's, I love that for you. I would, I would like to think so. And I would like to think <laughs> I'm bringing well-rounded uh, discussion points to the table, even if I do not necessarily agree with them. I think the the substance of the arguments in regards to a movie like this is what matters. And I want to have the most like sort of broad and like thorough conversation about it that I can. You know what I recently yeah. found out? Speaking of promising young woman, What's Carrie that? Mulligan, delight. She's a delight. I, I love that information. That and love I love that. that information. She's, I just, I so appreciate her. And I really think... I won't go I won't go forever on this but my thoughts are I think I think it I think it has actually the best chance at best original screenplay I think I I do actually think um upon the Oscars like the Oscars will already have happened the Oscars are about to happen when this comes out mm-hmm. I think I think it actually no. is going to be best Sunday? Of, No this Sunday Yeah so they this, are this out, fucking Sunday Jordan this comes out in 2 days from when we record yeah, so it will happen before yeah. the it will come out before the Oscars. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm confused. Sorry, I got distracted by the fact that <laughs> yes. the shadow behind you looks like the alien from Aliens. It's not a shadow; it is a helmet. And um, but I think it has the best shot at best original screenplay. I think it's yeah. either going to be that or it's going to be Chicago Seven. It's either going to be like the ultimate institutional <sighs> movie in this case, uh. or it's going to be like what's closest. Well, closest to classify as the insurgent candidate and promising young woman. I think that it, based on what Kyle Buchanan of like the, you know, carpetbagger projectionist, uh, carpetbagger Hollywood reporting fame says, it's coming down to Viola and Carrie in lead actress. I would never begrudge a Viola win. So if that happens, I'll be totally happy about it. But Carrie definitely deserves this Oscar. She happens to walk away with it. Best picture is interesting because according to Kyle as well, this movie is mostly getting, from what he's talked to from, like, all of his sources, it's mostly getting number two slots in the best picture voting, in the weighted voting. So there is not a crazy distant future in which even though Nomadland is probably a favorite in this way, say Promising Young Woman gets a ton of number twos, and then Nomadland splits a bunch of number ones, but then a bunch of lower rankings, too. It's not an unrealistic universe. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is not the craziest universe to think of Promising Young Woman sneaking through to a best picture win so i'm putting i would put money on original screenplay but the other ones it's close and i am thrilled about that and i'm trying not to care but i'm getting more and more invested by the hour because it's finally so close hell yeah all right and that's the academy awards horse rates divergence of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so jason where can we find you uh, hanging, you can out find me, <laughs> hanging out with Carrie Mulligan? Hanging out with Carrie Mulligan. No, that's my girlfriend. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones uh, and look out for uh, a couple of stories that I'll be having in some anthologies coming uh, this year. All with right. some comics. Stuff. Awesome. It's a fun time. And then more podcasts at thatmightbecool.com. As ever. Cool. And uh, I am Amanda R. Tubbs, and that's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. Two Bs. And uh, you can just find me on Twitter doing my thing. And um, yeah, I don't have anything else to promote. Uh, The podcast. (laughs) So you can find us on Twitter. We're disaster underscore pod. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We are also disastergirls on Letterboxd. So if you want to take a look and be like, 
Have you? Hey, are you guys going to do this movie? The answer is Amanda's probably. detailed lists that we now Definitive know about. Definitive detailed yeah. lists of disaster <laughs> movies. So many lists. So you don't like. You can message us on the Disaster Girls podcast um, Twitter account and say, "Are you going to do this movie?" And I love when you do send those messages. They're great. Uh, we got one today from someone who was like, "Are you going to do a Hard Rain?" And the answer is yes. It's on the list. Ah, uh, wow. yes. Okay. They're big, all big on the list. So it's just, a question, <laughs> it's just a question of when, but they're there. So uh, yeah, that's all the things. Rate and review us, guys. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. Share us with your friends, family, and loved ones. Just spread the good word. And uh, we'll see you yeah, do. Yeah. And we'll see you all back next week for uh, our special sidebar with the Disasterologists. Excellent. We'll see you guys then. Bye. 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 That might be cool.com. You never know.